Welcome to Launch Chat, where we answer your startup questions every single day. I'm your host, Jake Hare, founder of Launchpeer, and today we have a question from Anonymous. <laughs> and you guys should always get excited about those because it means it's something juicy. So somebody wrote in anonymously a question. And if you want to do that, that's totally cool. Just when you send us the email, just say you don't want us to say who it is, and that's totally fine. We've had a few other people do that too. But today's question, we're going to be talking about what happens when a startup is seems like it's going to be shutting down and what your exit strategy could or should be as a co-founder of that startup. All right, so the question is from Anonymous. After five years, we are given three months time to reverse our trend or money will not come in. As our problem is mainly marketing and selling, there's not much I can do as a technical co-founder. We do have customers and a kind of growth, but not enough to sustain salaries and infrastructure. Could other co-founders close the company and take away our current customers? I do believe that our idea is solid, but other co-founders are interested in keeping their portfolio and developing a business together, but without customers, this startup is dead. What's the extra strategy for a technical co-founder? All right, Anonymous, thanks for your question. It sounds like there's a lot of trust issues involved at your startup, which is not good. I'd really be interested in going and looking at the background of how you guys all came together because usually, and this is for everything in life, if something doesn't start off from a great solid foundation, it's typically going to fail. Okay, it might not happen in month one or month six or a year or three years, but eventually something's going to crumble. Something bad is going to happen. And sometimes you can pick up the pieces and sometimes you can't. And so it sounds like for this, like a lot of your startup was built on a very crumbly foundation with other co-founders who maybe you didn't know that well or didn't trust that well, or maybe just some resentment's been built up over the years. So for any of you listening to this who have co-founders or are thinking about finding co-founders, make sure that if nothing else, you as co-founders have a relationship that is on solid footing. Okay, before you do anything, and if you need to get in a room and hash stuff out once a week, do it. Okay, there's nothing wrong with doing that. You have a relationship the same way you'd have a relationship with anybody else, except you have a lot more on the line if that relationship goes bad, and if you don't trust each other, and you don't think that other people are good at their jobs, or any of that stuff, okay? So make sure that you set really good expectations up front, and so you all know Who's responsible for what? Who should be good at what? What happens if this happens or that happens or this scenario comes about or that scenario comes about? You should all know each other well enough to be on the same page. So when stuff like this happens, you all know what the strategy is going to be. Now, with that being said, as a technical co-founder at a startup, it's hard for me to know if I was in your shoes, it would be hard for me to know what you can do about it. Cause I don't know what your cap table looks like. I don't know what your equity structure looks like. If you have a board, if you have voting rights, any of that stuff, every startup is different in the way that they structure some of these things, which is why just on a side note, I never understood why investors liked co-founder relationships so much. Okay, and for you solo founders out there, you're probably frustrated when you hear stuff like this because maybe you're having a hard time getting funding or doing stuff like that because a lot of people say like, well, you need a co-founder. Well, you need a co-founder. It's like, why? So stuff like this can happen? Like if it's just me, then I'm the only person I can trust and if I fail, then I fail. It's not, well, one of my co-founders isn't doing their job or one of my co-founders wants to shut down the company, but the other one doesn't. Like what do you do when that happens? So I just, I don't know. I never understood that stupid mentality. I think what happened is investors saw a lot of successful startups with two or three co-founders and they're like, that's it. That's the ticket. 
And investors, more than anyone else, just follow the herd, man. They just follow the herd. That's it. That's all that startup investing is about, which is why you hear about these companies that are like getting hundreds of millions in funding and then they shut down and it's like, well, there was no profit to begin with and there was no product to begin with. Like Theranos, I, I talked about that on an episode of last week, I think, where it's like they raised $700 million and there was two co-founders and yeah, one founder was like up on a pedestal, but still, but there was no product there. But what happened was investors were just following the herd, just following the herd. Oh, other people are giving your money. Other people are giving them money. Let's just follow the herd. So I just never understood that. But anyway, tangent over. So for your situation, like without looking at the cap table and how everything is structured with voting rights and stuff, it's hard for me to know what your specific exit strategy would be. But general rule of thumb, let's just say you have, because you mentioned co-founders. So I'm guessing it's you and maybe two other people. Let's just assume you all own a third of the company which again is not recommended, but let's just assume that that's the case, okay? If that's the case, then there's nothing you can do. All right, if those other co-founders decide they wanna shut down the company tomorrow, kick you out of it, rebrand it, and do something, like unless you have some legal protections that say they can't do that to you, which I doubt you have in place because you're asking this question, there's nothing you can do. You're kinda screwed, okay? What should have happened in the beginning is you should have set up some agreement where you have enough voting rights to outvote anyone else, if that's what you wanted. Typically, I don't even like that. I'd rather have one person who has majority voting rights and the other two people have like contributing voting rights. But even in that situation, if your two other co-founders are saying that they want to exit the company and take their customers with them and do something else with it, like the chances of you being able to do anything with that are pretty small. Maybe you have a buyout clause in there or something, but again, I doubt that you had any of that stuff in there if you're asking the question. Here's what I would do in your situation, okay? Step like step by step. First, I would go look at the agreements that you have in writing. Okay, go look at the cap table, go look at how the voting rights are structured, go look and see what they can do or what you can do. If there's nothing you can do in that situation, then I would have a sit down, honest conversation with you and your co-founders. Get in a room for a day and talk about what's going on. Okay, talk about the best thing that could possibly happen, which means what's the plan to get those customers and get the sales that you need to keep, you know, to stay alive for three, four, five, six months. Or in the worst case scenario, what's going to happen if you have to shut down in three months? What is the plan? And get all of that in writing. Okay, sit down, all of you write, you know, create notes, make sure you have it signed by everyone in the room and just be open and transparent about how you feel and let them be open and transparent about how they feel. All right, all of you just airing out all of your concerns, your biggest hopes and your biggest worries all in the same room. And if they don't want to do that and they say, no, like we don't need to do that, like whatever, who cares? Then I would start looking somewhere else. Okay. I would start looking at doing something else. And then that goes back to like looking at the original agreements and seeing if you could even do something else that's in line with this. If like you wanted to go start a startup that's similar, but different to this, could you even do that? Like, are you legally allowed to do that? Or did you sign some non-compete that says you can't do anything similar to this for a couple years? Because if that's the case, then you're kind of left holding the bag. Now, the nice thing about you as a technical co-founder is that you're in very high demand. <laughs> so I'm sure most of the people listening to this would love to hear who you are so they can talk to you uh, and get you to go to their startup. But for this startup here, like that's a lot of time. Five years is a long time to just not sit in a room with your co-founders and hash all this out. Okay. 
Like I know this is more relationship advice. Somebody on the team, we were doing a coaching call with one of our customers the other day and I started giving them relationship advice, like the co-founders. And one of the team members joked and said, oh, we're going to start a show like Dr. Laura. Maybe we'll do that sometime, like founder mentorship podcast. But really, if you can't get a room with those people, then you guys were already on bad footing in the first place. Like that's, that's just it. Like bottom line, you guys should have had something in writing. If something like this ever happened right from the beginning. Okay. So sometimes I have founders that we start working with and I say, Oh cool. How long have you guys known each other? Oh, we've known each other for three or four years and we worked on a couple of business together. Great. Where's the cap table? Where's the agreement that says what's going to happen when things hit the fan? Cause it's going to, you guys are going to hate each other sometimes, you know, it's just like any marriage. Like me and my wife, sometimes we hate each other. Sometimes like people on our team at launch, they just don't like each other. It happens all the time everywhere. Every workplace that you have, every friend that you have, every family member that you have, <clears throat> there's going to be times when you just really don't like each other. And because it's, this is a business and not just some random relationship with someone you know on Facebook, you can't just unfriend them and not talk to them. You have to get in a room and hash everything out. So that's what I would do. Go look at the agreements, go see what you can do. And then even then, if you have solid footing, I'd still go get in a room with those people and talk to them about it. Okay. See what you guys can do. See what you can work out. See what the plan of action is to make sure that you guys can get over these, this three months. And if there isn't one and they don't want to sit down with you, then start looking somewhere else. Thanks for listening to this episode of Launch Chat. Hey, if you haven't already, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes. It helps us spread the word about the podcast and the more questions we get, the more awesome advice we can give to all of you. And another thing, if you haven't already, go to launchpeer.club and join our private Facebook group. In there, we give you a bunch of awesome content, a bunch of free advice, and really a lot more one-on-one stuff than we can do here on the podcast. So head over to launchpeer.club, join the community, and let's do this.